such a great conversation and an eye opener for me because it actually just kind of lifted the burden of the stigma of meds mm. for anxiety and STD. Um, what? <laughs> I told y'all, it's the DP. <laughs> the DP be having my words so caught up. Latoya. What what was her name? It's Latoya. You know I like to give y'all a remix every time, y'all. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to the Analog Girl Podcast. This is your podcast for your 30 somethings and your 40 somethings. And we are on a quest, y'all. We are on a quest to get our analog lives in this digital driven world. How are y'all doing? I hope all is well. It's been a while. Y'all know I'm raggedy, okay? You don't got to tell me I'm raggedy. I know I'm raggedy. And I am trying my best to get episodes out to y'all as much as I can. But guess what? Guess what? I'm no longer going to be a one-woman show, okay? I have a new editor coming on board. That would mean that maybe I can try to get some consistent episodes out to you guys, at least bi-weekly. So let's all pray (laughs) that... I can do that. So with that being said, you know, I ain't going to hold y'all. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to blab or whatever. We can go right on into the anxiety check-in and see how everybody's doing. We can see how I'm doing. So let's get into it. All righty. Well, I hope everyone's anxiety levels are low to non-existent. If not, you know we like to do a quick breathing exercise so we can calm ourselves down so we can have a a, a conversation, okay? You know, we need to calm on down before we start talking about things. Now, before we do our breathing exercise, I have had questions before about what breathing exercise I do. Is there something different? What does this do? Right? This is something very simple. Um, It's just breathing in on the, or inhale, inhale on the four count, hold on the four count, exhale on the four count. It's very soothing, especially during the times of panic. Um, I have had a couple of times in the past couple of weeks where I have woken up and my heart was racing and I've done this, got up, walked around, did some breathing and it's calmed me down. It's helped me to stay grounded and stay in a place of not increasing the panic. Um, we like to do, I am choking up. What does it all mean? You know what? I can never just get through a podcast and let, let it just be perfect. Right? No. Okay. Anywho. We are going to do our quick breathing exercises because even if your anxiety levels are low and y'all having a, you're having a good day, it's still good to breathe. It's still good to do breath work. So let's do a little quick inhale and the inhale through the nose. Hold it. Breathe out through the mouth. And shake out your shoulders. Roll the shoulders back. Roll the shoulders forward, shake out your hands, and inhale one more time through the nose. Hold it, and then exhale out through the mouth. It be feeling good. Got me wanting to clap and do the cabbage patch, do the cabbage patch, do the pocket knife, do the pocket knife. Y'all remember that from Martin? (laughs) Do the pocket knife, do the pocket knife. Anyway, that was random. I'm feeling quirky. I woke up 
feeling a little good this morning. I can't even hold y'all. <laughs> Um, but I hope that uh, that breathing technique um, relaxed you and got you ready for this conversation that we're about to have. OK, I ain't going to hold y'all neither. And I'm down anxiety checking. You know, I can ramble, but I'm trying to rein myself in so I can give you the content, give you the info and get out. Um, so today's uh, anxiety checking for me, anxiety levels, not so high. I'm a little stressed. I'm a little little anxious here and there, but I think that I have gotten to a point where it's manageable. The tools that I have learned throughout the past three to four years have really helped me to manage in very high stress times. And for the past, since January, from January until up until uh, end of March, beginning of April was a lot for me. It was, it was a lot. Now, if you've listened to the previous episode or watched my Instagram TV, you will know that it was a lot going on. I got hit with the COVID and I had to have, it was uh, urgent surgery and it was, I was, it was a lot that I was processing and I was doing this kind of alone. You know what I mean? I'm like not in a relationship, don't really have a shoulder to lean on. I mean, I got my mama and my son, but and my good friends, but you know, it's, when you don't have a companion or a partner, you know, and you live alone, there's just a lot of stuff that has to get done on your own. So it was just a lot for me to process. But um, I do think that I was able to um, process my emotions properly rather than how I would have done it in the past and just been so stressed out and what was me and just not pushing through. And I just always kept the mind that I'm just going to keep pushing through. I'm going to keep pushing through no matter what's coming my way. I'm going to keep pushing through. This is going to be okay. And using my tools, my affirmations, reading books, listening to to subliminal meditations on, on YouTube, doing whatever I had to do to stay in a place of peace and in a place of, of calm. So I think that this is kind of like my new normal when stress comes about and then you know, even with the Panasonic, we've all had to create new normals because, you know, the Panasonic and COVID is just one whole bullshit of a clusterfuck <laughs> that we've all had to deal with and everything that came with COVID and all of that. So we have all had to develop new normal approaches to stress. So I think that I'm getting in the groove now of doing that. Um, and I hope you guys are too. And, and, and noticing like, you know, that these are times that none of us, no one on this earth has ever gone through before. And so we have to approach how we handle stress, how we handle anxiety and, and this time of life differently. We have to approach it differently because shit that we was doing before probably obviously doesn't work. So, you know, changing our our conversation that we have with us, just accepting the fact that this is something new. This is a new normal. We have to we have to learn what is going to work for us and what's not during these crazy ass times. So that is what I have learned from these past couple of months of accepting my new normal, accepting how I'm going to approach stress and anxiety differently. And also what made me also take a gander and think about this was the fact that I had not been going to therapy. No, I was going to therapy and then I kind of stopped just before uh, my surgery. 
before I even say this, I just want to say that I love my therapist. I think she's done a great job and gotten me to a very healthy, emotionally healthy space in the past three years that I had been seeing her, right? So when I say this, I'm saying this about, this is about my growth and not my therapist. The brain, and I, I look at therapy and go into therapy as like how someone who is like trying to train or trying to lose weight goes to the gym. Therapy and going to meet your therapist is like going to the mental gym. Um, and you are training your brain, you're training your muscles in your brain, you're reprogramming wires in your brain, you're doing um, healing in your brain, and, and you're growing emotionally, and you're training yourself emotionally, you're getting emotionally strong and mentally strong, and healing at the same time. And so just like when you're going to the gym and you're trying to lose weight and, you know, you, you, you say you go and you're running on a treadmill all the time and then you reach a plateau. I feel like in therapy, I have reached the plateau with my therapist. Doesn't mean she's not doing a great job. It just means that I'm ready to take um, my healing to the next level. So it was my thoughts that Reaching a plateau with my therapist made me to assess or helped me to assess what it is that I really need and what kind of healing I actually need to reach that next level, right? Noticing in my therapy with my therapist that a lot of my pain, a lot of my hurt, a lot of my trauma stems from men, from black men. So I wanted to be intentional about healing my trauma that has happened in my life at the hands of men and at the hands of black men, I need to be intentional about finding a black male therapist so I can cultivate a trustworthy therapeutic relationship with a black male therapist who can also help me to heal from a lot of these issues that I have with men. So I believe that this is something that's really, really, really going to take me to the next level as far as healing and growth and just being able to smash those fucking limiting beliefs that I have that I've developed along the years because of a lot of traumatic issues that I had surrounding men and surrounding my father and just all across the board. You know, I want to get to a point where I know what is best for me. I don't attract fuck boys. I don't um, tolerate bullshit. Uh, I'm not a people pleaser and worried that someone's going to leave me and all these abandonment issues that I have with men. I look forward to healing by having this male therapist. So I found one. I found a black guy and I think it's going to be a great experience. And I, I look forward to sharing with you guys like how healing this is and how this was a great decision. I really do feel like this is definitely God ordered, God divined and leading God leading me into the right place of healing and just giving me answers because, you know, I've been talking to some really smart women and one of the main things that I hear across the board from these women is in your prayer and in asking God for direction and leadership. One of the things that, or the main thing we should always be praying for is wisdom. And I believe God gave me wisdom when he laid it on my heart that I need to be intentional about healing my relationships with men, thus seeking out a male therapist. So guys, that is, that is my goal. That is what I'm doing. 
I encourage you, like if you are in therapy, to become intentional about what it is you want to get done in therapy. Like it's cool to go to therapy and sit up on the couch and just be like, woe is me, all the bad shit that happened to me. Fuck everybody else, zero fucks given. Oh my God. It's cool to do all that and vent and do all that stuff with your therapist. But you also want to get intentional about like, what the fuck are you coming there for? Like, are you coming to get healed? Are you coming to release emotional trauma, spiritual healing, whatever it is that you're trying to do, like get intentional about that, write down your goals on what you're trying to do and making sure that that particular therapist is able to do that for you. So that is, that's, that's, that's what I think is the most important thing about finding a therapist. And even if you have a therapist, if you've feeling like you're reached a plateau with them, it is a okay to look into other options that's going to help you reach the next level in your journey. It's a-okay. And I probably will go back to my older therapist to talk about other things. But right now, I feel like this is where I need to be in healing this brokenness that surrounds me and Black men. (laughs) I hope that was helpful for y'all. And that's my anxiety check-in. And stay tuned, guys. I'm really, you know, I'm excited about what's to come in this episode. Um, I'm talking with a lovely lady named Aisha Bo, and it's all about self-care and self-love. So let's just get into that. Okay, so... Today's guest is, when I tell you, like, let me tell y'all something. Aisha Bo, right? Y'all need to get into her Instagram. Her Instagram is popping. The girl is fabulous. Not one picture off. Not one quote dumb. <laughs> Nothing. Like, everything she posts is just wonderful. I stalk this girl. High key. Ain't no low key. High key stalk this girl. I've actually learned from her how to step my game up on my Instagram because like when you see her Instagram, it's like, okay, how do I get to her level? But Aisha, she's not coming here to talk about Instagram. She is here on Analog Girl to talk about self-care, self-love, how she's gotten to a place of peace. And we'll also talk about her journey um, with anti-anxiety meds, anti-depression meds, and um, her journey with anxiety and depression. It's a hey girl, hey girl conversation that I think you guys will enjoy. And Aisha actually has her own podcast and it's called Rewritten. And it's a weekly dose of all things self-love. And each episode is concise and features uplifting yet actionable words of encouragement meant to kickstart your day, help you unwind in the evening or boost your midday morale. So her podcast does the same thing as what her Instagram does. She's always promoting self-love, self-care. She gives you affirmations. She's just a joy and a pleasure to look at and also a joy and a pleasure to talk to. So with, uh, how, what, what do you say? Without further ado, that's what you say. <laughs> Y'all know I can be getting tongue-tied, right? All the time. So without further ado, let's just get into our conversation with Aisha today. So Aisha, tell me about yourself. Um, you know, we're just meeting guys for the first time too. Yes. I think she's adorable. You oh can't my God. see her, but she's absolutely adorable. Beautiful smile, wonderful oh. spirit. Um, so where do you come from? What do you do? How did you get here? 
Yes. So it was a warm day. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> so I am, as you mentioned, Aisha Bo, and I am a writer, digital content creator, and speaker. I specifically cover self care and lifestyle as a whole. So everything from beauty, wellness, mental health, personal development. And I do so on a few different platforms. I have a blog, AishaBo.com, and I consider that to be a digital destination that covers all things Mm self-care, specifically for women of color. Mm -hmm. And I have a YouTube channel, podcast, and I am primarily hanging out on Instagram, which Mm -hmm. I've monetized and I do this all full time. Nice. So you're just really working for yourself out there, huh? Yes, I, I am. I love that. I love that. I'm a little uh, envious, I must say. <laughs> I got to get there. I got to get there. I was yeah. struggling, though, thinking that I um am too old to do this. Like, oh, you know, it's, it's too late, girl. You might as well just stay as a project manager, getting that money, girl. Mm-hmm. You know, just not feeling like uh, I could just jump out there as someone who else is who's younger could jump out there and, like, just say I'm a digital content creator for myself. So I don't know. I'm yeah. going to. I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's too late at all. I Mm. think that this is the perfect time. And honestly, I feel like there is a large gap in the content creation space and in the digital space um, with women who are your age and who are kind of like my age and above. Because a lot of the reason I feel like a lot of the reasons I get the partnerships that I get and, you know, the opportunities that I do is because I, I'm 31 and I skew more mature though. Mm -hmm. So the way that, you know, the things that I'm talking about, the, um, you know, the life lessons that I've had and that I share and the different things that I share on my platform are a little bit more mature. And there is an audience that really wants to absorb that information. Mm -hmm. Also, grown women have money. Grown women, you know what I mean? Like brands want to target people who are able to be an active consumer in their product or their service. So it is never too late. And not just that, this is absolutely your time. And I feel like there is something lacking right now. So for you and anyone else listening, girl, just do it. Go ahead, go do it. Mm -hmm. And I was saying that, that especially in in my age range, because we're like, what do they call us? Like Xennials. So we're not necessarily Gen Mm -hmm. X and we're not necessarily millennials. Like we're right on what? Well, technically we are millennial, but we're also leaning in that Gen X. So I was like, you know, this is like, middle child syndrome that we have like we're not getting a lot of the attention you know Mm -hmm. like we don't have shows a lot of the times especially for black women for where you have insecure which I'm a fan of but that's not my age range you know what I mean so if we had something like insecure for women in their 40s that would be amazing for black women you know like there is definitely I agree a lack of content for us in this um, sector of our lives so Aisha's here today, guys, to talk about PTSD. Ooh, isn't yes. that great? Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just went from smiling and ha-ha into something so heavy. But, you right. know, on here on Analog Girl, I talk about mental health. I talk about anxiety. I talk about P- PTSD often, but I often make light of the situation. I don't like to make it so heavy. I'm, right. oft- I'm often cracking jokes and laughing at myself in a lot of the episodes that I've had <laughs> with anxiety or 
for um, panic attacks. Um, I also struggled for about four or five months for with something called depersonalization, where I was just feeling like I was in a real fantasy world. It was like a wild experience for me. Um, things just didn't seem, seem real. And that's how In Little Girl came about. So I oftentimes just share my stories and laugh and ha ha kiki. So that's the kind of vibe that we we do here in the analog world. Um, So to get things started, um, what has been your experience with PTSD and um, how did it come about for you? Yeah. So I have always had, I've always just been an anxious person Mm -hmm. since as young and as early as I can remember. I remember there was times where I was, it was in like high school or middle school. And my mom would be like, all right, time to get up, time to get ready to go to school. And I would just have this deep rooted fear. I would just be so anxious. I would be Mm -hmm. so, you know, there was just so much dread like over me and I didn't know what was going on. I'm Mm -hmm. like a 12 year old, you know, like what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until later on in life, I was about, I was 24 when I was diagnosed with um, generalized anxiety. So I had an anxiety disorder. And um, so that was my first diagnosis. And after that, I started taking anxiety medication to help to regulate my emotions and those feelings. And so the medication was, you know, it was great and it was absolutely working for me. But the thing that I was missing at the time was I wasn't going to a therapist. I was just going to a psychiatrist, getting my pills and going about my business and living life the exact same way I was before. Mm. Can we stop right there and talk about the difference between psychiatrists and the therapy? Yes. Yes. Because I don't think a lot of people understand that or know that. They don't. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I actually bring up because I have a new psychiatrist now and I and I talk openly about the fact that I see a psychiatrist. And then I also say therapist and people are like, wait, what do you why are you right. saying two different things? And mm-hmm. so a psychiatrist is a psychologist, essentially, but one who can prescribe you medication. Mm-hmm. So if you think of it more as like a doctor, <laughs> like when you, mm-hmm. you know, you're going in for your checkup and they can like prescribe you with medication and they can officially diagnose you mm-hmm. with, um, with whatever it is, the disorder or whatever your ailment is at the time. Whereas a psychologist, you can have a psychologist who is a PhD or a PsyD, um, and they, you know, you have a, a few different types of psychologists, mm-hmm. some who, um, can do like, uh, like not necessarily like talk, just talk therapy. Cause then there's, that's like another level. So you have LCSW, who's just like a therapist who you can just go to and talk and express your emotions and express like what's going on. But then there's that specific like PhD and side D group that I was missing at the time um, to actually give me like actionable steps and things that I could work on and, you know, not, you know, kind of diagnose me as well, but give me a deeper understanding of what was going on in my life. And at the time I wasn't doing that. I was, like I said, just taking the pills and going about my business, you know. So psychiatrists don't necessarily give you tools to manage. They are more so like, it's a clinical thing where they diagnose you and say, okay, this is how we're going to manage it with meds. Yes and no. Um, I'm fortunate now to have a psychiatrist who I can talk to and who does give me like 
give me feedback and she does give me some tools, but usually those meetings with psychiatrists, they're not, you're, you're not going to be in a psychiatrist's office for 30 minutes to an hour, mm-hmm. unless it's your, if it's your first time going to see a psychiatrist, you're going to be there for about the, that 30 minute to an hour time period so they can fully diagnose you. Mm-hmm. But now I'm seeing her um, once a month. And it's just a check-in. How are the meds doing? How are you sleeping? Um, is there anything, you know, interrupting you right now? What any big life events, anything that's changing for you, anything that you want to talk about? And if, you know, all is good and fine, you know, like with any doctor's visit, if you're still the same weight, you're still, you know, breathing correctly, your blood pressure is fine, they'll send you about your way. But if you are feeling a little something, then you'll spend a little bit more time talking to them. And I love my psychiatrist so much because she'd be like, well, this is what's wrong with you. And I'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, shoot, I probably need to go to a psychiatrist now and see what's going on. All of these morbid, intrusive thoughts. I'm sick and tired of them. No, it's, I, I feel like it's such, it's been, so, we're going to get there, get to that part, but yeah. like, it, it really has opened my eyes so much because I think a lot of times for us, people like us who are going through our lives and feeling this way and thinking these thoughts, we're like, but what is it? What's wrong right. with me? Like, where is this coming from? Right. Why? And when someone can put a name to the things that you're expressing, the things that you're feeling and your thoughts. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was, it was it's a weight lifted. Yes. When it's I was totally. diagnosed with with anxiety the first time, I felt a weight lifted because I was like, oh, okay. I know, well, I know what, yeah, like I know what this is. I know what this yeah. is now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So you got um, diagnosed with the um, generalized anxiety at that point. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what was, was this, what led you to figuring out, okay, it's not just generalized anxiety. It's also PTSD. Yeah. So I ended up, so after that, like I said, I was not like, I was not really managing that very well in terms of like taking the proper steps to really take care of myself in the process. And I think a lot of times we go and it's like a one and done, like, okay, I have anxiety. I got some medication. I'm good. Maybe I'll see a therapist here and there. And so I was taking that approach, which wasn't great. So for a few years after that, things continued for me to not get so, to not be so great. (laughs) <laughs> and I continued to, you know, with the, with the crazy, like drinking, I still like a drink every now and then, but it was, <laughs> you look at and bring the wine. Listen, uh, <laughs> I was just too lazy to go out and get some, <laughs> but, but I, you know, I was drinking heavily, mm-hmm. having sex with people I was not supposed to be having sex with doing oh all God. the things. You, you know, my life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I just like two. Okay. <laughs> Just reckless with sex, reckless with alcohol. Yeah, that was me too. Exactly. And I was just trying to escape. I was like, yeah, you know, like I I was like, I have anxiety and I just need to like drown it Mm -hmm. instead of really fixing it. And it wasn't until um, I want to say maybe like four or five years ago when I decided to see a therapist regularly because shit had hit the fan. Yeah. And my now fiance and I, you know, we were in the early stages of, our, well, not the early stages, but like we were, you know, dating and stuff. And he was just like, like, it, it can't go on like this, like these outbursts and, you know, things started to get, you know, really heated between us because of my past. And 
he was just like, you can't keep going on like this. And I decided to see a therapist. And it was also during a really tough time for me um, at work as well. I was going through a lot of imposter syndrome at work and I didn't even know what imposter syndrome was at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went and I started seeing a therapist and it was a talk therapist and I was just expressing things to her and unpacking a lot. And she told me that I had this imposter syndrome and we were able to talk about a lot of things, which was great. And then I started to see a psychiatrist. She recommended me to psychiatrist because I was making a lot of progress and I was doing a lot better. I was, you know, focusing on my self-care routine and developed this amazing platform. I finally became an entrepreneur. Um, I, you know, I was making a lot of strides, but I still felt that heavy, deep sadness and pain and anxiety and just everything. And I didn't know what was going on. So she recommended me to a psychiatrist and that's my now psychiatrist. And I'm obsessed with this woman. And Mm -hmm. I spoke to her. Is Is it a black woman? Child, all my doctors are black except for this one. I'm like, really? Every every doctor I have is black except for my psychiatrist. It's I'm this, getting close. I'm getting there. I'm getting close. I'm getting close. <laughs> I finally yeah. got a black dentist. Yes, finally got one Ooh. yesterday. It was yeah. a beautiful experience, but we're not going to digress. So, okay. So, <laughs> I can digress. Oh. <laughs> yes, we can. We definitely can. So, okay. So the the psychiatrist is a white woman, but she's treating you dearly. So we love that. She's, you know, she's she's um she's a lesbian, and so I feel like she's oh, a little bit okay. more like in tune. yeah. That, there you go. Yeah, so she's like more in tune. You know what yeah. I mean? She ain't just she ain't just Karen. Yeah. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so she yeah. So she um I talked to her. We had a long conversation. I unpacked everything. I don't know why. I just felt so comfortable with her. And at the end of it, she just calmly was like, "Okay, so I'm going to diagnose you with uh, PTSD." And I was like. PTSD. I was like, mm, I've never been to war. I'm mm-hmm. not a, a former combat soldier. Like, I don't understand PTSD. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. And she was like, you've been through so much trauma in your life and everything, the way that you act, the way that you, you know, think, the way that you move, the way that you are an overachiever is as a result of this trauma that you've experienced in your past. Your whole life has been based on this trauma. You're experiencing it. And I finally felt seen. I finally felt like, yes, that's it. That is what's wrong with me. Well, not wrong, but that is what is, you know, that's what's been underneath the surface. Surface All this time, all this time. And Latoya, I kid you not, when I found that out, I was just like, yes, this is it. And I want to, I (laughs) want This, this is, is what it is. Cause, you know, because I just feel like sometimes, you know, and also what annoys me a lot is there are friends and people who don't actually have anxiety, who love to throw the word anxiety around so I much. I talk about this shit all the time. And somebody tried to, to fight me, like, argument in the clubhouse. Because, yeah. you know, the clubhouse is crazy, girl. The people in the clubhouse is pissing me off, all right? Oh, Lord. Everybody's a goddamn, everybody's a therapist, everybody's a psychiatrist, everybody's a lawyer, everybody's a doctor, everybody is an entrepreneur who yeah. made 100K in 60 days or less. And <laughs> yes, so, yes. And no shade to none of that because people have done it, but it's just like yeah. it's a lot. So I was having this conversation about how 
it has been on trend. It is a trendy word. And granted, people like Charlemagne are definitely really struggles with anxiety and mental health, but he has managed to make it uh, a trendy thing um, amongst his 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 audience and other people too has has as well, like Summer Walker, like mm-hmm. um, Michelle Williams. Not that they are not struggling, but it's also became on trend to discuss those things and throw the word anxiety around a lot, which. Mm-hmm. I have an episode when I'm like, you got to know the difference between an anxiety attack and a panic attack. Those are two different right. things. And a lot of the times we, you know, throw those words around. So I don't mean to cut you off, girl, but I just yeah. have to say that is definitely a thing. The people are just throwing yeah. the word around like crazy. PTSD, They're, throwing that around like crazy. Actually yeah. Diagnosed or talking about it to a therapist or something. Yeah. And it got to the point where I was feeling like maybe, you know, like I, I'm, I'm over dramatic about my anxiety or something, you know, oh, like maybe there's yeah. something wrong. But no, <laughs> it's deeper than that. It's mm-hmm. so much deeper. And, you know, like having PTSD and finding that out as, you know, a 31 year old black woman, as a black woman in general. In general. We have a stigma in our community about exactly. mental health and everything. It's like, Oh, girl, you better go pray about that. See, I'm a preacher's kid. So it was like, you know, sometimes back in the day, it was like, if you had anxiety, you had, it was a demon. You're possessed by a demon. Like, this is demonic. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a rough thing. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it was definitely interesting for me to hear at first, but I've definitely, you know, from that, I've been able to move forward because... I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like all of my trauma and the things that I've been through in my past, I am learning more each day how to like shed it and mm-hmm. how to not allow that to write my current narrative and mm-hmm. to write my future narrative. And so I feel like knowing that it's because of my past trauma that I live a life of anxiety and a, a life of depression. I really so does it try not, not go away for you or are you you're just able to manage it more? I'm able to manage it. I'm okay. definitely able to manage it more. So I stopped taking medication for a while and now I'm back on medication that my new psychiatrist had has prescribed for me. And so that has helped me because when I talk about like being medicated and whatnot, it's like a fog is being lifted for me. Cause there is a lot of times for me as someone with anxiety and depression, it's like, you're kind of like in this like tunnel and you just feel like everyone hates me. Everything is wrong. Oh, like, yes. you know, everything, just- everybody thinks I'm doing something wrong. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve anything good. I probably need to talk to your psychiatrist, honestly. Truthfully, like, truthfully speaking, I've just always been afraid of meds. That's why I wanted to delve into this conversation with you more now that you're mentioning medicine. And mm-hmm. um, I've been afraid of that. Um, yeah. And kind of like ignorantly tapped myself on the back, like, well, I cured myself. Well, you know, by the grace mm-hmm. of God, I was able to come out of depersonalization naturally. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like tap my back myself on the back, like, well, if I was able to get myself out of depersonalization, mm-hmm. then I can probably, I can essentially just be able to manage this naturally. But as you're talking, I'm seeing similar similarities in the thought process and the things that you were going through with what I experience now. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I've reached a plateau in therapy where I'm doing mm. the cognitive behavioral therapy and I'm doing the p- people and what is it? Uh, people interest or people, something people centered 
people-centered therapy, Mm -hmm. person-centered therapy. And I think it's like, I totally know it and I know it in my spirit, but the getting that overall feeling is the hard part. If yeah. that makes sense. Like I don't, I can know all of these things in the spirit. I can know all these things in my soul and they are aligned, but something is just not aligned when it comes to me feeling those mm-hmm. things. So yeah. I'm sure there's so many other people out there listening to that, that feel that way. So we're going to get this information from Aisha about the psychiatrist. Okay. <laughs> are, you, like, are you in New York? Is the psychiatrist in New York? So I'm in New, I'm right outside of New York. I'm in New Jersey. Oh, okay. So where's so, the psychiatrist at? She's in New Jersey also. So it's like close to, it's okay. close to New York though. Okay. But you so know, there's televisits. There's televisits. That's what I'm, saying. I'm seeing her like via virtual. I've never seen her in person actually. So, okay. Because I started seeing this lady like at the beginning of COVID. I was oh, like, I was yeah. like, mm. I'm time crazy. is up. Yeah, <laughs> time is up. Mm, get on this. Let me go ahead on and see this lady real quick because this get yes. get ready to get crazy out here. And yeah. that it did. That it did. Okay, so meds. What are do yeah. you are you open to sharing with us? Um, what kind of meds and what they do mm-hmm. for you? And this yeah. is specifically for PTSD, correct? Um, so this is yeah PTSD anxiety. So mainly for like it 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 regulates my anxiety. Mm, so okay. there isn't. I mean. I'm sure there might be maybe medication for pe- people with PTSD, but I think you would you would probably just try to get medication that um, manages someone's anxiety levels. Mm-hmm. So that's what the medication is that I have, and so I'm taking the generic version of Lexapro. Lexapro, and, okay. and it's called Acetylopram. I guess I think that's the like generic name for it. But what I, if anyone asks, I usually just say Lexapro, and I'm okay. taking a low dosage. I'm only taking 10 milligrams. Okay. Um, and some, some medication is different than others where a low dosage in another medication might be 50 milligrams, but for Lexapro, I guess, because it's, it might be a little bit stronger. It's 10 milligrams is, is, um, a lower dosage for them. But, okay. um, I think what you, going back to what you were saying though, about like, you know, you've reached that plateau, you feel like, you know, it, and it's like in actuality, it's like, you know, I know what to do. I have all the tools mm-hmm. and I'm talking about this and I can explain how to do it to everyone. But in my mind, I'm not, not quite, it, getting I'm, not, I'm not hearing it. And mm-hmm. it's, and it's also because you have to take into account that, you know, anxiety, depression, PTSD, a lot of this is a chemical imbalance mm-hmm. and it's something that is part of our DNA and something that is, you know, truly within us. And that's, you know, the beauty of going to a psychiatrist, because like I said, it's a doctor. It's like any other ailment, you know, if you are, you have a cough or you have something going on within you, they're going to help you to like get rid of that. And for me, medication has helped with that. Um, And like I said, clearing the fog, because it gets me out of the, the irrational thoughts, right? It moves them all to the side. They don't even pop up where I don't even have the one thing for me that was really big with my anxiety is I get a lot of the physical aspects of the anxiety. Oh my God. My armpits are always like itching or like sweating. Yeah. And also my heart rate. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always with the heart flutters, the heart flutters. And I feel it in my throat and all of that stuff. And one thing about medication that helped me. I'm a stomach girl. Like I feel mm. like that gut feeling, like when somebody scares you and that gut feeling, I get that all the time. Mm. All the time. Ugh. 
Yeah, see, it's it's the physical aspect. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, with taking medication, um, it has gotten rid of that. So okay. now I'm not focused on the armpit itching and sweating and the heart fluttering and the lump in my throat. I'm like, okay, so this just happened. And now I can process it a little bit more. Okay, this has happened. And I'm not thinking about, you know, all of the, the woe is me. Like, I'm so dumb. I'm terrible. No. I suck, and like, you know, I deserve this and all that stuff. That's not the first thought. Because yeah. I can actually, you know, clearly see and hear the situation and mm-hmm. move forward that way. So for me, that's been a really, really big benefit of, you know, being on medication because all that other stuff was just such a distraction. And I just need to like, you know, <laughs> figure right. out life outside of that. So question, when you say I don't feel those things or any, anything else, let's dig a little deeper into the stigmas of medication. Does it dumb you out? Does it make you lethargic? Does it numb you? Mm-hmm. Um, when you do you get a sense of numbness when you say I don't feel these things? Like what are what are some of those sensations or feelings that you get when you're on the medication? Yeah. So for me personally, I've, you know, she has done a really great job of prescribing me because I have, I was, I was nervous because I have heard about Lexapro and I've seen a lot of things about Lexapro online being like really, really strong and whatnot. Um, and I think that's like what Kanye takes or something or, or was supposed oh, to be taken well, girl. Or, was, or was supposed to be taken. Okay. I'm, like, <laughs> no, I'm like, well, was he taking it though? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, or he said he like sang about it in a song or something. I don't okay. know. So I, I know he had my, drugs, though. He definitely was on yeah. some kind of medicine. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Um, so I was, you know, I had all my, you know, I was very nervous about it. And so Lexapro is one of those types of medications. It's not like a, um, like a Xanax, okay. where you know how, you know, Xanax, people take a Xanax to like calm down in yeah. the moment. Yeah, and sometimes you get that floaty feeling with Xanax. Now, I remember mm-hmm. I had to take that one time when I was in the emergency room. They only gave me one dose, though, mm-hmm. and I had a kind of floaty feeling. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so this is not one of those. This is okay. an SS, SSRI. I'm not, I'm sorry, I don't remember what SSRI stands for, but... <laughs> I've seen that before, SSRI. Yeah, so I'll look that up. I'm taking my notes as you talk. Thank you. you. (laughs) Um, And so it takes time to actually kick in. So you won't start to feel the effects of it for about a week or two weeks into taking it because it's something that goes into your like bloodstream. I, I know. Really? I'm like different. disappointed. Like, what you mean? No, but so you now, don't mean, no because if you, this is something that's a long term benefit, you don't okay, want to just okay. do a quick fix like a, a Xanax that has you floating and then right. you wake up and you're sad again. Right. So you okay. need to <laughs> you so look at me. I'm like, because <laughs> listen, I'm like, oh, I think I could just pop the pill and then tomorrow we're going to be like, girl, where the party at? Okay, where the party at? What? COVID where, bitch? What? I'm not scared. Right, right. I'm going out maskless today. Right. <laughs> literally flying, though. Like, like literally. out there flying in the street? I don't know what she's talking about. Like, out. I thought I was going to be like, you know, it's going to just switch on. Okay, so we got to, it takes about two weeks to get into the system. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, and it goes in, you know, and, and uh, you know, a good 
psychiatrist is going to start you off with a low dosage and see how you're feeling, you know, mm-hmm. unless it's, unless you're experiencing very, very se- severe, you know, um, symptoms, then maybe they'll go on something a little bit stronger, but it eases okay. into your system. And, and I have not felt, I don't feel lethargic. Okay. I don't feel like I'm not myself. I'm still, okay. you know, I still have my bubbly personality. And that's something that was very important to me. Like, I don't yeah. want to do something that's going to turn me into a different person. A like, zombie. It's, I might talk a lot of shit and say that, oh, I want to not care about anything. And I want to like, you know, mm-hmm. be, be chill. But right. no, I really don't want to be chill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it has not for me, this particular medication for me has not. And I still feel like the exact same person. I just don't have the heart flutters. I just am not thinking from a woe is me mindset, you know, off bat all the time. Mm -hmm. I still get sad. I still get angry. I Mm -hmm. still, you know, I still turn up (laughs) when I need to, when it's warranted. But I feel that there is this level of awareness. And like I said, it's clearing the fog. It's taking out the mess of it. So I can react like a regular person. It helps you to react rationally. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I need because I'm I'm also very transparent. I don't know if I've shared this, what I'm about to share on the podcast before, but Mm -hmm. I definitely act irrational when I'm feeling threatened or feeling rejected. So that is Mm -hmm. a threat. That is a threat. So Mm -hmm. if I'm feeling any kind of threat, I do act irrationally. But, but not towards anybody else. I start to do reckless things to myself, like mm-hmm. uh, sleeping with someone I have no business sleeping with, drinking right. a lot or never getting out of my bed, not showering, those type of things. So will that kind of balance out too? Will that help me if I was to get on those medicines? And I know you're not a professional or yeah. anything, but <laughs> you know, do you think that that could be something that helps or have you experienced the same things that I'm saying and you've seen some some, prog- some progress with that too as well? Oh, I've absolutely seen some progress in mm-hmm. that realm. Like, I definitely feel like I'm in better, even in even better spirits. Okay. Like, I'm a naturally like my, you know, I'm a baseline. I'm a pretty happy person, which mm-hmm. is why, you know, it always shocks people when I'm like, yeah, I suffer with depression and anxiety and PTSD mm-hmm. They because they, they expect you to look one way or act That's one right. way. Exactly. Um, and it's like, if you're funny, people be like, what? She's mad funny. How is she depressed? Let me tell you something. Say that shit one more time. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I be. I'm the most depressed. That's yeah, why I'm word. Like, I be so depressed. I be depressed because people expect me to be laughing at ha ha kikiing all the time or posting well, something crazy on Instagram. And it's like, no, no. Yeah, being the life I, of the party is tough. Yeah, and that's I'm, my coping mechanism also, though. To be being the life of the party. Because you're so mm-hmm. used to it, too. It's something. It's a familiar thing. Yeah, it's a familiar thing. And it's also um, I don't want to say rewarding, but, you know, when you're making somebody laugh, it actually makes you feel good. So mm-hmm. it makes you feel wanted. That's yep. what looking for. Yep. You feel wanted. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I definitely like I, I crave that being wanted, the affirmation mm-hmm. from other people yeah. and that kind of stuff. I, I, I like I, <laughs> I just yeah. say it like I do. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like That's my love language. Tell me how much you love me. Tell me how much you need me. Like I need you. I need you to talk to me the way what's his name was talking to the girl with the poem on Love Jones. I just I just oh, yes. saw Love Jones for the first time like two weeks ago. I the was like, first That's, time? yeah, I never seen. I know. Don't revoke my black card though. Don't revoke it. Give it. Yeah. <laughs> I never got into that movie. 
Never. Really? I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I have seen it before. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, this is what I like. But yeah, I, you know, talk to me nice. That makes me feel good. Yes. It actually gives me like a high. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I've always looked for when I am feeling threatened. Like, okay, let me go and talk to this person because I know this person's going to make me, that's going to give me the high that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's why I'm wondering, like, you know, did those things balance out? So that's good to hear that it balanced out for you. Yeah. Um, and, and as we're talking, guys, everybody is different. All of our bodies are different. Yes, exactly. we are in a sisterhood and we are all black women here listening, but we are all different. So listen. Y'all have got to go to doctors and talk to psychiatrists before you right. start and grooving with anything that has to do with medication. I just always want to keep prefacing that as we're talking, girl. Exactly. Yeah. Take everything literal out here. Yeah. No, do not go and be like, I want 10 milligrams of Lexapro. Yeah, like, no, girl, take it easy. I see. I feel some of y'all in the spirit out there taking notes. Like, take it easy. <laughs> And you know they're out there. You know yeah, they're out there taking notes right now. Take it easy, y'all. We got to do step by step. Okay, Aisha, Aisha was the therapy, and then she went to the psychiatrist. Okay, and then yes. the psychiatrist did the, did the medicine. That's how that yes. works. Yes, exactly. Okay. And and also the next step is because remember the first time I started medication, I did it the wrong way. Oh, because okay. I, I was taking medication, I had no therapist. That's right. I was just taking it willy nilly, and also, like I said, I like a drink. Mm-hmm. When you're taking these types of medications, you have to be mindful of how much you drink. I still am working on that. But <laughs> so what's, what happens when you drink? If you're a heavyweight, you will be a lightweight. On really? The- you just so get, get drunk real You get fast. drunk very quickly. So, which that is great. Like fun, a, though. I don't know why. I'm a cheap date. You know what I mean? For my fiance, he don't got to spend too much money. Like, <laughs> that's right. I'm that, good. I'm like, well, that kind of sounds fun to me. You know? You know? Magic. So <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> No, I love it. I, I love am. it. Bougie, no. ratchet, savage. I know, but yeah. for the purpose of this, it is not good to drink on these types okay. of medications. Okay. Okay. Understood. You, but be mindful and do it in moderation mm-hmm. um, because it will take you from zero to 100 real fucking quick. And I don't a, know if I could say the F word, but. No, yeah. girl, we okay. do everything. We're free here. Okay. This is free, free, free space. Okay. Free and safe space. So, do they tell you, um, like, you know, when you get your prescription, like, what do they say about alcohol? Or they say not, not to drink it at all? Are you living on the edge? Or they say you're supposed to do it moderately? My current doctor said moderation. Okay. My, the first psychiatrist I had said none. None. And I was 24. And so, you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me not to drink as right. So it wasn't happening, but you know, definitely moderation. I definitely am the one who will get drunk a lot faster than my friends. And it is probably also because of the fact that I'm on medication. So you have to be really, really, really mindful about it. Um, and you know, not overdo it. So that's one thing I would say to be really mindful of. Also it's, this is, this is a whole system. You want to see a therapist or a psychologist or, you know, um, or your psychiatrist regularly. You want to take your medication. You want to moderate your drinking levels and you want to do all of your other self-care practices that have helped and gotten you through to this point And that will continue to help you because self-care don't stop. 
So the same way that I'll be, you know, taking medication for a little while, I don't know if I'm going to be taking for the rest of my life. I'm hoping not. But, you know, this is a continuous process. So you can't just think that the medication is going to fix it. Right. Because it's not. I still am, you know, having my morning routine and my nighttime routine to help center me and to help get me through each and every single day. I'm still working on my mindset, working on the way I communicate with people and communicate with myself, right. most of all, because it's now have always, to do the work. You still you have still to do have work. to do. It's yeah. so, so, so important. Because um, the Bible says faith without work, Sonny, it's dead, yeah. dead, 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 dead. So yeah. we have to work. That's yeah. what we have to do. So I totally, I'm, I'm in full alignment with that one. Full alignment. Yes. Yes. Full alignment. Because of being fully transparent and a lot of our listeners or my listeners or whoever, I hate to say me, mine because I don't, it's not a thing. Like yeah. a, a community. A lot of the listeners in the community. Supporters. Supporters. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> analogers out there who listen, um, relate to um, my story and relate to other people's stories because it just makes them feel um, you know, a little less weird in this world. So with your PTSD, can you pinpoint what a trauma was that that brought you to the place where you are at now? Like what was your specific trauma or that one thing that you can pinpoint that um, took you to the PSD, PTSD or the generalized anxiety? Or was it just a stream of small little things always happening or an mm-hmm. ongoing thing? Or was it one particular thing? Um, so I definitely think it was a mix because there was one big thing. I grew up in a very tumultuous household, um, as you know, you know, as a child and I experienced a lot of my mother's trauma firsthand, um, with her really, really tumultuous relationship with my stepfather who was constantly cheating and playing mental, you know, tricks on her and gaslighting her and just, you know, I, now I know what it what it was, but she was going through her own depression oh. and, you know, her own traumas. And that was just coming out left and right. You know, for me as the oldest child, I had my younger brother um, who was living with us as well. And I felt from an early age that I had to be her peace. Mm-hmm. I had to be that light at the end of the tunnel for her. So mm-hmm. I always felt like I had to be good. I had to, you know, I couldn't really speak up as much as I wanted to. Um, And, you know, there were a lot of things that happened and um, a lot of like physical altercations, a lot, you know, she was, she she would fight with him or, you know. He sounds like a full-blown narcissist. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, there were times where I'm like sitting at the computer in the house. He walks in the back door. I smell perfume and I'm feet away. And I know it's about to go down and she goes to the back and, you know, it's another fight. Um, And it was just a lot of, you know, anger and, you know, um, a lot of things for a very sensitive kid Mm -hmm. to be around on a regular basis. That was really, really, really difficult um, for me to experience. Mm -hmm. And um, I always feel like I had a pretty close connection and relationship with my mom. So I feel like a lot of that trauma that she experienced, I internalized that, yeah. um, you know, being the, the empath that I am, like, mm-hmm. I just feel everything. And so that really, really, really played a large role. And then, you know, moving on, like trying to be, you know, the life of the party and the, the, the the friend that's always there for everyone because I always wanted to be everyone else's peace. 
and the stress that comes with that. And also we were very poor. So on top of that, coming home some days and the lights are off or, you know, you see a notice here or my mom can't afford this or, you know, where there's a lot of different things that come with that. And then going to school and getting bullied or being one of the poorest kids in school and having people talk down to you and having to, then we moved to white neighborhood and I'm the poorest person in the white neighborhood and, and going through the microaggressions while you're at school and being bullied and, you know, not being desirable by the boys at school for, you know, you know, being too skinny and all this stuff. And so I hate myself. And then I go home to a house that has no lights on or to my mom screaming and fighting with my stepfather. And this man who, you know, essentially I feel like doesn't love her and isn't treating her well, but we're still there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that. And then I go to college and I'm finally on my own by myself, start drinking, start mm-hmm. turning up mm-hmm. and I'm feeling free because this is the time I didn't have medication. So the alcohol was my medication. It was numbing me. Mm-hmm. And I'm over here sleeping with who and who and, you know, doing whatever I need to do. Then they make a, a website uh, called Juicy Campus and start talking about all the hoes in, on campus. And I'm one of the hoes. And so... So this is a real live gossip girl for the black kids? What? What school you went to? Howard. Oh, that sound about right. All right, first off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a PWI person, right? Oh, but Lord. I have encountered <laughs> some folks from Howard and it's Mean Girl Central. The girls that I have met have not been nice. Now I have met some men that have been nice. Well, of course they're gonna be nice. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I've always, always, always supported Howard and everything, and gone to homecomings and all that. So loved it. But no, yeah, loved it. So they made a website. It was yeah, and so like you know, my name is being like dragged through the mud, and not just me. Obviously, there was like other women on it as well just talking about me and who i'm sleeping with Mm -hmm. wow students yeah so you know that again was lowering my self-esteem i'm also struggling because you know i gotta you know fight my own way to pay for xyz while i'm in school and i'm trying to like grind my way to the top so that i can make some money to Mm -hmm. you know support and and be there for my family and eventually you know get out of all of this so instead of I don't know. I feel like I kind of leaned more into it. I was like, y'all gonna call me a hoe, so I'm gonna be a hoe. Mm-hmm. And so I continued on that path, continued with the recklessness and, you know, the drinking and all that foolishness. And, you know, that again, continued on into a little bit of my adult life as well. And then I started working in fashion at the time I was working in fashion PR, microaggressions, white women, Mm-hmm. Couldn't stand to see a tall, skinny black girl come in and who actually knows what she's talking about. So right. they did everything in their power to keep me down. And and so it was just, I feel like like things just continued. It was, just a, it was a gradual <laughs> build up. A yeah. gradual build up to everything to where you're at right now. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, the, the website alone would have took me down. <laughs> like, wow, wow, wow. I'm wow. just like, I'm okay. like, I'm finally, I'm finally free. For the first time in my life, like finally able to explore myself and, you know, be a grown woman. Like this is what college is for. And And now I'm being shamed. Yeah. I'm being shamed for it. How did you overcome that? Because was this your freshman year or this was coming out? 
No, because I actually I didn't even start drinking until my sophomore year. Like I was really like I was really like yeah (laughs) and how it's like so so much fun and whatnot like you know like it's always just i love dc i just love that whole atmosphere you're lucky girl sometimes i always be like i should have just went to one of the hbcus but i think that there would be no degrees on my wall right now (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh people go girl because i wild out at the pwi so it's like mm -mm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the thing is, it was like a routine. Like we would party, go crazy, but we got our shit together the next yeah. day. Yeah. And I feel like you just get into that, like that mode where you're like, you know, you're focused, you out here, everybody's drinking. And also it's community. Like you don't have the, you know, we slipping each other the answers to the test. We're doing right. what we do. Like there's a sense of community. Yeah. Like, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. I always love it. I'm, I always admire. And you got to mind me, girl. I be tripping up on my words. Since the depersonalization, I, my memory and my words be getting tripped up. Oh, so I so um, <laughs> admire the community that HBCUs have and the love that you guys have for each other. Like, even if the, you know, the AKAs and the Deltas hate each other, but it's still some sort of... <laughs> <laughs> and we digress again, but it's so easy to digress with her, guys. I can't help it. Um, I'm, just, I'm just like, you know, I'm chilling. <laughs> totally fine, totally fine. And we're still, we're good. We're, we're still under an hour. So um, I was going to say, so, you know, with the website, how were you able to move through that? Or did you kind of like numb, numb yourself to that and just like move through, you know, and just be like, whatever, I'm just going on and mind my business. I got to put my yeah. head down, hunker, hunker down and do my, do my, do my work and go on. Yeah. I mean, that's what I had to do. I had to really just hunker down and just try to push it away, but it made me very angry. It made me very self-conscious. I felt like I really didn't have that much confidence or self-esteem about myself, even though I was, you know, going through the motions like I was. There was a lot of negative self-talk, like Mm -hmm. they're calling me this, they're saying this about me. So, yep, that's what I am. But I wasn't doing it in the empowering way. (laughs) That was your way to cope. It was just like, I'm just going to agree with them for now because that's the easiest easiest role to take with less resistance. You know, I totally get that. Totally get that. Wow. Wow. Okay. So that is what got you to the whole PTSD and the generalized anxiety stuff, right? In your adulthood, we've talked about how you are now seeing a phenomenal psychiatrist, which we're going to, I'm going to get that information, sis. Okay. (laughs) Um, And I really am appreciative of this information because no one's ever broke it down for me from a black girl about meds and anxiety and PTSD. I think we oftentimes think of that as like, uh-uh, child, somebody in Bellevue, you know, or, or, or them, you know, them psycho vets yeah. talking about a vet hospital on Grand Concourse on 149th or something like, I'd be like, uh-uh, child, I ain't taking no meds or thinking like, it's just gonna make me go like, feel like dumb and like a zombie. And that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm always on one when I'm. Speaking. Yeah, you have so much personality, so you yes, don't. Want to, like, I don't that. Lose that, so I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. I think that breaks it down for me a, a lot. So I'm very interested in um, taking the steps to see if this is something for me too. So, with all that being said, now that you're on the meds, how do you manage? What's your self care like? Where we go, you know, I always like to say, like, what are the top, what are the two, the three things or two, two most important things that you would like to share with us about this journey, about handling PTSD and how you've been coping and where do you see yourself, you know, in the next two to three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years now that you've 
embarked on this journey and it seems to be a healing journey. So where do you see yourself now that you've kind of broken the ceiling, I guess, broke the glass ceiling through the anxiety and all of that, even though we still have the anxiety and stuff, but it seems like you're managing well and your smile is beautiful. I'm I'm sensing the spirit through the laptop, girl. Uh, (laughs) Well, first off, you asked me 10 questions just now. I did. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Let's, let's. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got okay. It. I'm about to say, let's break it down. Hold on. Cause I do that. <laughs> no, I meant it in like the, the nicest way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I'm just messing with you. No, it's only fun because I do that. That's why I'd be like, rain me in. My mouth be going. Da, 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 da. I told you it's always up in the stuck over here, girl. I told you. <laughs> oh, answer as many as you can. So it's like two things you could tell us. Okay. All and right, where so, do you see yourself in the next couple of years okay. now that you've broken this glass ceiling of anxiety and PTSD and all of that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the two things that help me every single day to get through are my morning and my nighttime routine. I do not play about those two things. Um, I feel like they keep me sane. They keep me going throughout the day um, because I'm a giver. I'm someone who is on ready to help and do and be for everyone else except for myself. So in those moments, I can actually just be in tune with myself and, you know, like everyone says, fill my cup up (laughs) before I, you know, so I can allow it to overflow for everyone else. So for my morning routine, um, actually, let me start with my night routine. Because a lot of people feel like, you know, you can just go to bed whenever or do whatever at night and you'll be fine the next day as long as, you know, whatever. But your night routine is what's most important. So at night, I try to, I'm a grandma. I be, I sound like I'm a lot of fun, but I go to bed kind of early. So I go to bed at like 10. Early? Like 1030. Okay, that's not bad. All right. <laughs> I, I, I have fallen, I've fallen off on that because my mm-hmm. girlfriends and I have discovered house party during the lockdown Ooh, love house party you stay in the house party i was in the house party when i just got on that's why i was telling my girlfriends all right girls i got to come out of the house party because i'm going to do this party. oh i didn't even hear that we'd be in a house party all day every day like <laughs> two o'clock in the morning three o'clock in the morning just talking about nothing it'd be eight ten it. of us in there okay like my friends and then their husbands now come in there with us so we be in there oh, with their husbands. yeah so it's okay. hard to get a night routine with the lockdown, but you've been able to still go to sleep at like 1030 during the week, though, like during Friday, the week. Saturday. Okay. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, we'd be turning up in, the, in this house. OK, me and my fiance, okay. like last week, I made some margaritas. We were. We yeah, were y'all have a good time. OK, it's <laughs> oh, not bad. That's feasible. Yeah. During the week, I try. But the thing is, when I say I'm going to bed at 1030, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm falling asleep. So in my nighttime routine, I am going to bed at 1030 and I have a little a journal that I write in. It started out as a gratitude journal, but it's it's progressed for me. I call it my um, my five things journal. Mm-hmm. And um, so I write down five things I'm grateful for, five things I want to manifest and five affirmations. So I write down five things I'm grateful for so that I can be focused on the present Mm -hmm. and find the, you know, the goodness in the here and now Mm -hmm. I write down five things I want to manifest because I, you know, don't believe in settling. And I know that there is more for me Mm -hmm. if I just, you know, work towards it and want to achieve it. 
Mm-hmm. I write down five affirmations so that I can help myself to believe that I can achieve those things mm-hmm. and to really feel good within myself. Mm-hmm. So I do that. And that honestly takes me like ten, not even 10 minutes, like five minutes, because mm-hmm. I'm writing down when, when I'm writing down the things I'm grateful for. It's not like some big, huge, grandiose thing. It's like I'm grateful that it was finally 50 degrees outside today. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that, you know, my fiance finally cooked dinner and I didn't have to. <laughs> I'm grateful. You know, it's like very little things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that helps you to find the beauty in every day. And you know, then, you know, you know what I'm noticing that I really do need to talk to the psychiatrist because you saying that just gave me anxiety and it seems like a daunting task for me to do. <gasps> really? Absolutely. I was just thinking that, just not like, oh God, like, you know, like I just got a mm-hmm. real weird, like, uh, feeling. Yeah. Mm, no, but that's very real though. I appreciate you for saying that though. Cause you know what? I feel like you're not the only person who thinks that. Cause I always try to tell people, I'm like, it only takes like not even five minutes. It's like very quick. And it's like, it's become to me like such an easy routine now. And I'm telling you, it has like really shifted my mindset. Okay. A lot, like okay. a lot, a lot. I'm but gonna, it's, I'm but I'm a writer. I'm, I'm like a writer. I, I like need to write in a journal. Oh, okay. So that's right, a difference. Okay. So I would suggest do something that works for you. Right. But that is something that specifically works for me. Also, it started out as only five things I was grateful for. Okay. And then it and then it became five things I was grateful for and five things I want to manifest. Then okay. it became I added affirmation. So start small. Maybe it's two things. Maybe it's one thing you are grateful for. You know, or you can even just say it. You don't even have to write it down. Maybe you know it's just a part of like your prayer or you know something that you. Really Cite to yourself before bed if okay. that's what you want to do. Got it. Um, and then after that, I like to like read a little bit, and then of course, you know, say my prayer and go to bed. Okay. Morning, my morning routine is um, I will wake up and I meditate. Now, now, let me talk about meditation because I have a different view on meditation. I feel like it's not one of those like you're not sitting there and you're like. Um, and you're trying to be like your mind is blank for 30 minutes or an hour. Mm -hmm. For me, meditation is the practice of getting back to center and getting back to stillness. So I started out with meditating for five minutes every morning. And if I was able to get back to my breath and my stillness 25 times because my mind drifted 25 times, then that helped me to practice to getting back to stillness during my day to day. So for example, I'm sitting here, I'm meditating and I'm thinking about everything. And I just say, inhale, exhale, that brings me back to my inhale and exhale. And I'm aware of my body. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going through my day. Things are stressing me out. I'm like worried about something I don't need to be worried about. I then have that tool of that meditation to say inhale, exhale, to take a deep breath and to get myself back to center. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm realistic with myself. I know I'm not going to sit there in silence or not in silence, but not think about anything for five minutes. That's not mm-hmm. what meditation is for me. Meditation mm-hmm. for me is just stillness and just breathing. And even if I am thinking about a lot of things, at least I can do it right here instead of having myself do it while I'm trying to work and trying to focus. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so I meditate for 10 minutes now. 
I've moved it up from five mm-hmm. to 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I like to try to make myself something really simple for breakfast. I always try to eat breakfast in the morning. Um, these days I've just been doing smoothies mm-hmm. and, and then I always, 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 this is so simple, but I always take a shower in the morning. And I think it's, I take a shower in the morning and the night, but like my morning showers are so important because that helps me to, again, we're all working or a lot of us are working from home yeah. and it helps to bring some normalcy and routine into the day. Right. So at least taking that shower. And I think for people who have depression and anxiety, I think a lot of times a shower, something that sounds so simple can be so difficult to do. And can oh, be such that's me. Task. Yeah. Let me tell you, as you're sitting here telling me your um your routine, I'm like, mm, I am raggedy as fuck. <laughs> raggedy. Okay. No, and it, could, I- it could be because I'm like, I'm just coming out of like, um, I guess this is one of the manic, man, manic episodes or something I would call it, but I'm not, I don't have BP, but I always go, call it like I get in these st- stupors or stuck in, in places. So it, depending on, and it's situational things, like something like I got COVID from someone who was being reckless in church oh, um, no. in January. So like on New Year's Eve service at the New Year's Eve service. So like it kind of just like got me and I came into New Year to the New Year's day fasting and praying and was excited and you know like right. oh my gosh I'm you know I brought in the new year in church and I fasted and I prayed and da, 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 and then here comes can COVID <laughs> yes <laughs> so I got oh. I got super stuck um and then I'm also having some issues that I have to have surgery in two weeks so like you know it's just a lot mm-hmm. so when you were saying that I'm like yeah I'm doing none of that <laughs> and as you're telling me, I it still seems daunting for mm-hmm. me to just like say I'm gonna take a shower every day. Now, mm-hmm. don't get it twisted, y'all. Okay, my pH is all good. I don't stink, Girl, no, you know. Please. But it's just know. like, you know, you like yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I just be like, oh my god, like this is just really daunting to me. Like I had to have a housekeeper come and um clean for me. That's good. I, I, I literally That's good, can't. Though. Yeah, and like I was explaining it to this guy that I talked to, like him and I. I don't know. We're in a situationship or whatever. And I was trying. He was like, "You're so you're so bougie. Like I can't believe you get a housekeeper." And I'm trying to explain to him without explaining. Like, yo, this really yeah. helps my mental health because yeah. I get into these stupors where the garbage will pile up and just be at mm-hmm. the door stinking, and the incinerator is literally right there, but I won't take it. Yeah. So, you know, and like all the food and the dishes was piling up. So she came and cleaned up today. So I'm getting back into that swing mm-hmm. of things. And, and I also don't want to go into surgery in that, that with those vibrations neither. So, but when I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh my God, girl, it's so hard to get there. And I do believe that the routine will really help me, but I'm just in a place where how do I stay consistent with that routine? So that's my my mm-hmm. issue. So I think I'm going to try, I'll probably do a YouTube video and be like, I'm trying Aisha Bo's <laughs> night and evening routine. I mean, evening routine and morning routine for seven days and see how it makes me feel. Well, I feel like just start small. Cause like, that's the thing. Like I didn't start at like, none of these routines were like, I'm doing all of this off rip. You know what I right. mean? Like it's, start, it's very, very, very small steps. Like I, you know, wake up, you know, thank God. Okay. Wake up 
and start meditating for five minutes, start for two minutes. Sometimes I'm like, I ain't gonna make it to the five minutes. Get up and leave. Girl, but- <laughs> same. Or I be having my eyes closed because I do TM and I be going, you know, transcendental meditation. So I be doing that and they have it for 20 minutes. Girl, I be like, I be looking over my arms like, because I be like, is this done? <laughs> <laughs> you have to start small. Like you have to, maybe what your, maybe your morning routine is taking a shower and that is therapeutic in itself. Okay. Oh my God. So at CVS, they have these little shower tabs, right? And you put them in your shower, on the floor in your shower. Have you heard of these before? Is it the essential oil ones? I guess so. But like, I guess so. Because one I have is lavender. So I use it at night. But you can get one for like the morning maybe. Mm -hmm. And it'll just like have like an aroma. Okay. That'll wake you up. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I feel like that should be your morning routine. Your morning okay. routine and your night routine doesn't need to be cumbersome. I just gotten to the point now where I like have these things. But if it's one thing, if it's like, I'm going to get up and take a shower every day. Yeah. That is your routine. And no one can take that. And make maybe your, your shower is 30 minutes. Nah, nah, that's a lot. That's a long time. Maybe <laughs> come out there and oh, be a wrinkle ra- raisin, girl. Mm-mm. All right. Maybe your shower is like 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and you're just like you're just there, and you're just laying. And you're in. I'm in there. Okay. Yes. And just okay. be in there, and just and while you're in there, think about the fact I am in the shower right now. The water is hitting my face right now. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling the water in my hands right now. Now the water's on the back of my hands. Just do certain things so that you're like still in the moment and you're yeah. focused. Yeah. And, you know, and just take your time, maybe get like a, a body scrub and a nice body wash. You know what I mean? Like just like little things to make your shower just even, even better. You know, yeah. so yeah. I, I say that's, that needs to be your morning routine. That's okay. You don't, I'm need, gonna, you don't need anything else. That's right. I'm going to try there. Okay. Cause when you was explaining that just now, I didn't get that. I didn't get that wave of, Oh my God, this is daunting. I, okay, okay. I'm excited. I'm going to go to down to the target tomorrow and I'm going to, or down to the CVS and mm-hmm. see about those little tabs. I'm yeah. The they're like $3. I'm, okay. But I know they have lavender. I don't know if they have what other scents they have, but if you, even if it's just the lavender one, maybe it's just relaxes you in the morning yeah yeah that's so. cool i do mm-hmm. everything lavender lavender is my friend i snort i snort lavender like it's cocaine. Okay? you shoot lavender up what? <laughs> snort it up i put lavender in my mask i dip some i drop yeah. take some essential oil, oil and a little olive oil and put it in my mask and i'm smelling it all day while i'm out there oh, perfect. Girl, yeah i do all that kind of stuff i got cbd lavender rolls i'm oh, yeah so i'm on it girl i got so much stuff Okay. But I'm definitely going to try to, it's the consistency for me, you know, so I can mm-hmm. be, I can jump in and be obsessive about something and do it straight for like 10 days and then something will happen, boom. And then, you know, so that's what I really need to work on. So I'll do small things like that and work on the shower every day. That's and- it the 10 minutes a day and there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And don't put a time frame on it. Cause sometimes we're like, we're going to do this for seven days. And then you hit seven day seven. You're like, all right, all right, done. Yeah. Day eight, you're done. So just like, I'm just going to shower every morning. Okay. Period. And that's okay. it. And some days, some days you might not do it. So just pick it back up right. the next day and be and forgiving. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. to remind myself, be very forgiving of myself in that. Okay. Yes. So, and where do you see yourself? What are you doing, girl? What's the plans? <sighs> what are God's see. plans Let's for see. you? Well, right now I'm working on my first book and that has been a very daunting task because it's just, I'm just trying to be a perfectionist with it. And I'm telling myself to stop and mm-hmm. to just write. 
So I'm working on my first book and I'm hoping that I can be done with the first draft by the summer so that hopefully I can have something out by the end of the year. Um, So that is something that's more in my immediate future. And, you know, in the greater future, I definitely would like to see myself in more like inspirational, motivational speaking opportunities. Eventually, one day I want to have my own like women's like weekend and like summit Mm, of some sort where I just have a a bunch of a bunch of fun women who want to get their self-care on and we go somewhere hot. And <laughs> yes, invite me, girl. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You will absolutely <laughs> VIP. <laughs> okay. You know it. Yes. So I love that. that. I love that. Yeah. So, like, that's where I see myself. And then also, you know, continuing to expand on AishaBo.com and making that like really into um, like hiring writers and contributors and making that into its own entity. Yeah. And just continuing on this influencer journey and continuing to stack that coin. Uh, my, my, my monetary goal this year is six figures. Yes. So I am, you know, I'm working towards that. So yeah, I have a few different goals and, oh, I'm getting married in September. So that's exciting. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. Thank I love you. that. I, I won't be getting married because I think my boyfriend went down to the 7-Eleven and ain't came back since. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. He disappeared on me. So oh, that is great. <laughs> that's great. I love that. I love black love. Um, I see your cute ring over there too. I see all of that. It's so cute. Thank you. So AishaBo.com, is that where everybody can go find you, go find what you have to offer? Do you have, what do you have out there for us? Like, mm-hmm. what are you, what are you providing for us right now? Yes. So I'm usually hanging out on, on Instagram. So you can follow me on Instagram at AishaBo. And that's O-B-A-B-E-A-U, y'all. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Not Bo mm-hmm. as in B-O-W, but it is Bo <laughs> as in B-E-A-U. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Aisha Bo, um, there, AishaBo.com is my blog. I have a podcast um, rewritten uh, that you can find anywhere podcasts are streamed. And I have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Aisha Bo. Mm-hmm. I'm very easy to find. So yes, <laughs> Everything I'm is telling you, I'm telling you, I'm thinking like, okay, for Instagram TV, I feel like I'm gonna do a whole video thing on how I try Aisha Bo's morning, uh, morning routine. That would be so cute. I'm gonna. Oh my god, that would be so fun. Okay, yeah. you might you might start something there. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna focus. I'm gonna like vlog the whole thing. So, um, I the whole thing just clicked in my head when you were telling me. So, oh great, great I'm great. gonna okay, do it. Cool. Okay, so and anybody can find you. Instagram is where you live. I'm about to follow mm-hmm. you, so I can get right into your world and be obsessed yes. with you. Yes. And guys, guys, y'all need to do the same. Okay. Listen, take my word for it. She's a lovely young woman. I, I mean, I just love your face. It's so cute. And I just love everything you have to say. It's definitely been a very informative uh, conversation. I know that I be acting childish. I cannot help it. So <laughs> I hope I I like, uh, you act like I haven't been cutting up too. <laughs> I'm absolutely childish. And we have learned a lot today in this conversation, guys. And we also, 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 also want to make it clear that if you are going out there um, and starting to do or, or looking to do meds for anxiety and PTSD, that you definitely consult your doctors, consult your physicians, because also, too, with 
underlying conditions you don't know. So you want to just make sure that you're doing all the right things and consulting your physicians before you do this stuff. So I've got to keep saying that. Um, but this has been such a great conversation and an eye-opener for me because it actually just kind of lifted the burden of the stigma of meds mm. for anxiety and STD. Um, what? <laughs> I told y'all, it's the DP. The DP is having my words so caught up. What? I mean, you know, you can take some meds for STDs too, girl. Oh, God. Like, if you need something. <laughs> um, it lifted the stigma of meds for anxiety and PTSD. So I said that, right? And I thank you for that. I appreciate that, seriously, because I definitely was like not turning up my nose, but just kind of like patting myself on the back thinking I did something naturally. And I think this might be a road for me. So Mm -hmm. I really, really appreciate that. And I I, I love your energy. I love this conversation. I look forward to following you more on your journey. And, you know, you have survived the Antelope Girl episode. (gasps) I did. How how do you feel? (laughs) I feel great. Right. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God. This was so much fun. It was. I loved it. Thank you. I love, love having you on. And I hope to have you back, actually. 